0: Welcome to the Optimal Health Podcast from Hudson Physicians, getting you back to optimal health when you're feeling sick, stressed, overwhelmed, or run down. Once again, obviously, the big talk that's going on these days is the COVID-19 coronavirus and all of the things that surround us. And once again, we're joined by the uh, CEO of Hudson Physicians, Matt Brandt, and Dr. Keith Bradlich. Gentlemen, very busy times for you. And uh, thank you for taking the moment to uh, talk a little bit more about our situation from a public health perspective and what people can do to uh, make themselves better. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. So uh, we'll dive right into it. You know, Matt, you and I spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and, you know, things have changed quite a bit from where we're at. It's a very fluid situation. So can you kind of overview us from uh, the top down, from your perspective of what you've been seeing as far as changes that have been made? And then, Doctor, we'll go to you next. Follow up on that question from what you've seen from within the room itself.
1: Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I mean, things obviously things have changed. The uh, information has been coming to us pretty quickly. Uh, you know, the basic guidelines are still, uh, are still the same. I mean, what you can do to protect yourself that we talked about in the last time is still very important. So, you know, staying home when you're sick, making sure you're washing your hands, you know, the 20-second rule, which Lori talked about, you know, saying, saying happy birthday twice. Um, and then we, for our purposes, we talked about some telemedicine stuff the last uh, um podcast and yes uh, if you're sick you can call us ahead of time and we will actually uh, uh, diagnose and help treat you over the phone um, so if you have those symptoms stay home call us and we'll get you a work a plan to work with you to get that yourself taken care of
0: you know matt so, one one quick technical thing i want to jump into as you guys mentioned uh you and Lori mentioned in the last podcast that uh while hand sanitizer is great it's good to have on the go Really, uh, soap with with the certain percentages of what you need is is just as good or better. Correct?
1: Yes, soap and soap and twenty seconds in warm water is still the best thing you can do. Uh, And we talked. I think Lori mentioned like don't you know stay away from the really overly uh, fluffy kind of soaps with lots of deter lots of smells and stuff. You're probably looking at you know a really good antibacterial soap is the best. Dr. Bratelich,
0: from your perspective uh, from even a couple of weeks ago, obviously St. Croix County has not had any diagnosis as of yet. However, I'm sure things from the public's perspective have changed a bit. Can you kind of take us through what it's been like for you in that role?
2: Yeah, um, to follow up with what Matt said, um, you know, staying at home the best. Um, if you need to come in, we're doing, a, I think, a fine job of trying to uh, – not have the intermingling between people with respiratory and people um, who do have, um, specifically for me, urgent care, have an urgent care need to to separate and um, not have any uh, commingling. I think the public's been doing a great job uh, of listening to what we've been saying and staying at home if able and calling in um, with any symptoms or just to talk about, you know, uh, any questions and um, telemedicine has been picking up, so that's another great resource.
0: Well, let me throw out that telemedicine number two real quick. It's seven one five five two one sixty eight hundred. Uh, you select option one to schedule a telemedicine visit uh, with your provider. Your provider will work with you to create a customized treatment plan based on your situation. So be sure to use that. I know that's a key focus to what you, you do as, as an as a organization and, and how things have been going, which are great for that. So um, one thing that I've noticed, too, guys, is uh, a couple weeks ago, even when it was really just kind of hitting the, the, the headlines, you'd have a couple of people at the entrance, and if you come through the sliding doors, you turn right, uh, to go to the clinic, um, there's a couple of people there that quite, you know ask you, uh, "Are you here because of a runny nose? Are you cough? That type of thing, fever?" And they'd either say yes or no. They had some masks, so they wouldn't uh, they put those on and they wouldn't be giving that to other people. Uh, how has that process been going for you guys
1: so far? And I think it's going really well. I think that's what Dr. Battlech was just referencing of what kind of we're doing a good job of trying to not commingle and separate. We have specific exam rooms. Uh, and, uh, things like that. So people are putting it right in a room and then for issues that are you know, still urgent, like a broken bone or a sprained knee, or, you know, uh, I had to bring my own son in the other day, uh, for, for a health issue. And, um, you know, we're keeping those, those visits separate of the, in the different hallways and different exam rooms and things. So, so I think that process has been working really well for us. Um, we haven't, like we mentioned, we haven't had any cases here yet. Uh, we, haven't any, across, we haven't had any issues that we know with our staff, so that's all been great.
0: So, so Dr. let's question in the regard of when things go to the next levels and then uh, patients become hospitalized and then you get to the ventilator type of thing, when does that, from what you're understanding or what you're aware of, when does that, ma- I mean, big transition occur within a patient? Are, are you aware of that at all at any time?
2: Yeah, I don't know of any... Um... The hospital here, I'm not aware of any um, patients they have on the respirators to any COVID concerns. Um, obviously, for the majority of the people, the COVID symptoms are going to be mild. Um, for people with any comorbidities, COPD, diabetes or, you know, we um, worry about a little more. Although Although their um, risks are still low to be hospitalized and put on a ventilator, um, we're we're kind of working hard to minimize testing, except for those high risk groups. Um, I know Minnesota has um, run out of not run out of tests, but are using their tests more conservatively too. And we've always tried to be a little more conservative. So if you do have um, more serious respiratory complaints or are in a high risk group, we we
0: are testing for that. So, and I've heard the same thing in Minnesota where they're uh, they've gone through them a little bit quicker. And you know, you, you, there's not you have to look around for that. Do, do you or not look around, but be wise to what you're using. Are, are are you aware that that process may become alleviated? You know, we've heard all about the uh, the drive-up testings and those things, but I'm not so sure. Have that has that even been rolled out? Is that a reality, or where does that type of situation sit? from what you're aware of. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll just, I so mean, I think uh, Dr. Bradley has really helped us along the way and advice and our doctors here uh, that we decided not to go down the path of doing kind of the draft testing and that make it really, it has to be a conversation with your doctor that, you know, the doctor will decide with you um, if that's really needed. And we've been really conservative about it from the beginning for the sheer purpose of we knew uh, that you can't just open this. We didn't have, we working with our suppliers, our vendors, in the state of Wisconsin, we knew we weren't going to be able just to like kind of just do anybody uh, as willy nilly as they were kind of uh, making it sound. Um, we have, we do have a supply of them, and we are using them as, when we need them, and the doctors deem medically necessary to treat those patients that we really think it makes a difference in their treatment plan.
0: So while it sounds like a great concept and nice uh, for all of the population, it's just really not realistic. And one of the things that I'm hearing here from the two of you, which I think is absolutely wonderful, is that you're completely engaged and connected to all of your patients and the people that attend your physician's group. And it's about dialogue. And it's about listening to your body and understanding exactly what your needs are. And if this isn't right, to have that conversation Get into the telemedicine part of things, and then if it has to go to a next step, it has to go to a next step. Um, I I think that's what I'm hearing. Would you would you, was that classified correctly?
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah, I are yeah, the, big advantages of you know we'll talk to you over the phone, we'll create a plan. You know, we'll talk. We know what we know if you're our patient, we know your risks. Yeah. That's what's nice about people to talk to your doctor is that they know your history and your health history and your family history. So you know do you what you know who's living with you? Do you have you know do you have other people in your house that have issues and immunocompromised issues. Um, all those things are things that we you know, need to educate them on and understand what they need to do to keep everybody safe.
0: Are the two of you experiencing still influenza A and B people that are coming through the doors? Is that still out there and kicking?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, I think it is on the downslide, but, yes, we are still seeing a, a significant amount of that.
0: Is there a potential where that can be confused with uh, COVID-19?
2: Oh, definitely. Um, If somebody comes in, you know, there there are some recommendations by the CDC on who are higher risk, Um, and then we, what we'll do usually is uh, test for, we can test for influenza, we can test for RSV um, prior to testing, consider testing for COVID. So um, we try to rule out the ones we can um, test for, and we have lots of tests for before we um, consider testing for COVID.
0: This is a layman coming at you. Um, I've always viewed RSV—not viewed, but understood—is that more of a pediatric deal, or can adults get that too?
2: I mean, adults can get it too. Uh, mainly, it's a little more um, more symptoms in and, and kids and uh, babies, but um, adults can get that.
0: Okay, I, we're
2: typically I, not testing for RSV in adults, but it's just con- we have options to do. I other just.
0: Tests. I just want to inside baseball with you on that. Sorry, I was curious. So, um, and then, and then, as far as in terms of the general public, you know, I, I I've been doing a series of podcasts and videos on this um, with other businesses that are engaged with things. Um, from an overall, and part of this is mental health. How do you feel as though the public is that you've been dealing with in terms of uh, the the fear factor, taking the necessary steps? and um, listening to themselves. How do you guys, uh, both of you, feel that has been? How has the public been to you?
2: I think the public's been doing a great job, like I said um, when I first spoke. They're kind of taking it in stride. um, What I recommend is uh, they're opening up. The parks are still being open around the state, so if you do feel like you're a little closed in, um, certainly... Uh, drive to the state park or a park nearby would be a good option.
0: Well, and there's plenty of space from that regard too. And you know, the the new yeah. term that you know, I mean, we're going to look back in 10 years. The new term out of this is social distancing. We hear a lot about it, and um, I think there's some lessons that can be learned. We're talking about hand washing. We're talking about um, just taking care of yourself. Something that with these influenzas that take way too many lives that we're well aware of probably mostly with the same pre-existing conditions, right? I mean, it's so, uh, I think as a, as a society, the one gain they can get out of this, it's not a bad idea to make sure you do uh, take care of yourself when you're coughing, that you don't touch your face, your eyes, your nose, your ears, your mouth, and that you wash your hands. And And so in a way, we can glean a positive from that. Um, have, have you felt that this messaging has helped from that perspective too in the future years moving forward?
2: I completely agree before all this happened, I I would tell people how, as a healthcare worker, I do get a, a flu vaccine, but you can still get the flu. Why don't I get it? Because I wash my hands.
0: How it's, how often?
2: Oh, boy. I, I mean, I wash my hands 30, 40 times a day.
0: Now, is that's at work, obviously, because you're dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. And then in private life, how often are you doing that?
2: Oh, I mean, I wash my hands, you know, 10, 15 times a day when I'm at home. So I it, think that's more quite
0: a bit. It's fu- it's funny. My mom used to always just jump on me about it, and it would just be, come on. You, you know, when you're young, you don't really realize that. And I, and I think there's a message for young people, too, that you are not invincible. Even though you may not show symptoms of this, you could be passing this on non-stop it's it's incumbent upon everybody to heed that message and 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 really take care of proper hygiene and take care of themselves and to me i think there's a message out there for the young people too
1: oh absolutely absolutely yeah i think the uh trying to take care of yourself and you know i I even this is one of those self-reflection moments for this whole thing like you know maybe i should have done a better job of eating a little healthier over the years because in incentives it, it and this is not COVID is the current one, but you know, realistically there's gonna be other things in the future and you know there's been the flus of the past like H one N one and they do target people that are just unhealthy in general and that's something that we, if we can improve the health of everybody, it'll help no matter what the, the next next train is or whatever this is. So
0: Where do the two of you see this going? I mean, I know you can't go crystal ball on us. You can't look forward and say, Well, it's gonna take this amount of time. But Your gut instincts as medical providers, what is your feeling as far as the course of this? What can we expect from your best estimation?
2: I think personally, um, like a lot of viruses, they have their season. I do see um, it's the more you test, the more you find. I think when more tests become available, we'll just find more cases of COVID. But I think just in general, that as it gets into warmer months, it'll it'll decline. Why
0: why why is Matt sorry, Matt? Why is that the warmer months where where it declines?
2: They've just found that the 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 COVID, like the flu, um, has kind of their season and it tends to pick the the cooler. Uh, months. And plus, when you're in the colder months, you are indoors more and there's just more exposure. You know, in the summer, there's uh, lots of outside activities, which lessen exposure, too.
0: Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always agree with him that, you know, we're talking about it's, you know, going to be, this is going to be not, I think a lot of people are kind of under the mindset, this is a two-week thing, this is not a two-week thing. This is going to be like he said, like a, a flu season we have, you know, in the past where starts in December, ramps up, ramps up, gets really bad, and then it kind of starts coming down off those peaks and it's over a three- to four-month uh, uh, process. And it sounds like this virus is a little bit more easily spread. We don't know all the specifics, but easily spread and has a little bit severe consequences than we're used to seeing. So so I think that's the, a that's the, the, the little bit of the scary part. We don't know the stats and all that yet, but I think that's what we're, we're dealing with. Uh, so this isn't going to be a two-week, three-week thing. This is, you know, a three, four-month process, and it may be longer. And it might come, go away, and just like the flu, it comes back. So, um, so I think it's going to become more normal part of life eventually going forward. Is- I'm pretty
2: confident they'll have vaccine available, at least by next, or the the most by next year. But um, I know they're working hard. I don't know exactly when they'll get that out, but I'm pretty confident by. Next season, they'll have
0: that. And from a vaccine perspective, is that different in this case from a flu shot, or is it the same?
2: I, um, I think it's too early to say, but I, I assume it's going to be like the flu shot.
0: Okay, so there's there's a slight chance something. You, you, the vaccine really helps, or the shot helps. But if you still don't wash your hands and do the things, you leave yourself to risk and chance, correct?
2: Like I said earlier, you can still get the flu after a flu shot. That's why you have to take those extra precautions. Perfect. Like wash your hands, don't touch your face.
0: And then finally, um, the 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 big the big question I have is is if society is I, we're not under quarantine, obviously, but it's almost like self-induced with almost everybody seemingly working from home and a lot of things, the restaurants and the bars and, and, and churches even to degrees shutting down Um, while that's happening with this peak season of the flu, does this type of thing really help that peak not become the peak? And then um, does that speed it up or not?
2: Uh, I, I mean, I think that's a good question. We don't know
1: the answer to that specifically, but I do think it helps. I mean, we are seeing the flu come down that I was starting to do that before everybody started staying home or not we don't know um and I would say uh you know it, it sounds like this thing does spread pretty easily so I think the, the the ability to slow it down it's hard to tell if we slow it down by two days three days you know we we don't know um it seems like it's going pretty fast from you know area to area so we won't know that until this is almost that's one of those ones I you learn like a year we, we find out the details a year later of exactly what we did and what we didn't do that it worked but Um, I think the new norm is that, you know, we got to keep operating under the kind of, like you said, the social distancing, that sort of thing, and that we're here to still take care of our patients. And so we do our, we are offering a lot, I mean, every single doctor, uh, we're we're getting them today, but we've had one per station, but now every doctor will have an iPad that goes next to the computer. So we're going to be doing a lot more routine stuff over the phone, med checks, um, you name it. And that's all part of this whole plan to like, try not to get people exposed to things. So Think we're just we think we're doing the best we can and we don't know how much we're slowing it down, but we're trying. Doctor? I agree.
0: Any closing thoughts for either of you too as uh, we uh, bring this one home. I, you know the information here before I, I turn over the floor, I think has been absolutely um, uh, unparalleled in the work that you guys as a group are doing. Is appreciated by all and for me coming into this just as a a podcast host and now a bit of a voice with you as well uh, I can't say enough about the things that your organization does for the community and how connected they are to people it's not just a business it's a lifestyle and it's cares about other people's lifestyles and I I think that that your area st. Croix County Hudson area has absolutely um, a gem in their hands with what you guys do, and tip of the cap to to both of you.
1: Well, we, we appreciate that, and then uh, I guess I would close it. Uh, close up. My thoughts are, you know, we're going, we're going to be here to take care of you. You know, we are. We're we're not going away. But, you know, we're going to do what we got to do to make it happen. So um, whether that's you know trying to do get your routine care done and everything via, via telemedicine. Whether you're sick and we need to talk to you in person, or whether you, you know, have a sprain or broken ankle or something, we'll find a way to get all those things done as best we can with, you know, managing the current circumstances, not trying to expose you unnecessarily, and uh, we'll we'll keep keep taking care of you. So, I'm trying to keep you healthy because in the long run, that's the most important thing we can do. Doctor Bradlech, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, <clears throat> wash your hands, social distance, um, don't touch your face. If you have any questions, give us a call. And feel, feel safe knowing you can come in here, um, and we are reducing uh, any risk of exposure um, as much as we can. And I think we're doing a pretty good job at it.
0: That's great, guys. Thank you. Uh, you are indeed. And I'll give the uh, promo one, one more time. Of course, Hudson Phys- Physicians are there to care for you. Uh, if you are experiencing flu-like symptoms, you have a fever, cough, or difficulty breathing, Go get on that phone line, called telemedicine at 715-531-6800. Uh, select option one to schedule your telemedicine visit with your provider. And your provider will work with you to create a customized treatment plan based on your situation. Also check out the website at HudsonPhysicians.com. I guess back to work, gentlemen, right?
1: Yep, thank you.
0: All right, Thanks. thank you. Have a great day. So long, everybody.